Is there too much drama in your life? In this episode, Harlan and I discuss how you can get rid of the drama in your life to adult successfully. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan, and I am here, as usual, with Miranda. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm doing well. How are you, Harlan? I'm fantastic. One of the reasons I am fantastic today is because we're getting some great reviews of the podcast on iTunes. So I just want to take a second and and thank some of our listeners who have given us uh, some nice reviews on iTunes. If you haven't done this yet, please go ahead and do it. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, so I just wanted to, to extend uh, a nice thanks to Steve Chu, uh, Jim Wang, Athena Lent, Barbara Friedberg, Valerie Rind, Jake Wade. Yeah, Shannon Allen. And then, and then I believe, too, that Martin Dasko did one for us, but he's Canadian, so it showed up in the Canadian iTunes. Well, thank you all. We really appreciate it. Thank everyone for listening. We're going to get on with the show now. Uh, we're going to talk about drama. Everywhere you look, it seems like there's drama, and it seems like our society today makes makes room for more drama because we're always communicating things quickly. We're always being on top of things quickly, and then, of course, we're always, look at me, look at me. So, so we've got a lot of drama between people, and you know whether it's coming out of people who are just mean and or they don't know how to communicate with other people properly or misunderstandings or you know just toxic environments this is something that we have to extricate from our lives as much as possible because we should have no time for drama we've got serious things we want to do with our lives we've had we have fun things we want to do with our lives and we don't need the drama from other people bringing us down and i think part of it too it's really interesting that and maybe not really surprising but according to uh, something i've read on npr recently we actually have more drama and misunderstandings with people we know and people that are really close in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I guess when you really start thinking about it, that does make a little sense because they are the people we're around the most and the people that we have the most interaction with. But it still seems weird to me that the people we're going to have the most drama with are the people that are closest to us. These are the people that we want to have positive relationships with. And if something is not going well, it can manifest itself with with drama and whether it's just people being petty or like we said earlier, just a miscommunication, then I think it's it's something that we can address and get rid of and make sure that we're not the cause of it. We're not fostering this type of um, this, this type of relationship. There's always talk about drama, but what is it? What, what is considered drama? How do you know when you're in the middle of drama? The, the way we react to certain situations. Um, we often assume that someone is thinking or doing something with a certain intent, and a lot of the time it's the assumption that causes that drama. And the drama itself manifests itself in, well, I'm, I mean, how, how would you describe it? 
Well, I, I like what you're saying there. First of all, part of it's reacting the way you react to things and part of it an, an assumption, but part of it too is when you're making everything about you, right? When, one of the things that is really interesting that I find is especially when dealing with my teenage son, is if I'm having a crappy day or if I'm kind of bummed out about something, uh, I may not be as engaged or as or as happy with some. I don't know. Anyway, all I know is that my son assumes that every the world revolves around him. And so he assumes that I'm angry at him or I'm reacting in some way because of him and then he gets all defensive and what do you want and then there's drama because he assumes that it's about him and I think one of the problems that we need to get to as adults is realizing that not everything is about us and the fact that we are making it about us and attributing some sort of motive to somebody else that they're trying to ruin our lives that they're trying to do something to us that can cause drama and it just turns into a mess it turns into fighting it turns into a feud it turns into anger and it sometimes uh turns into tit for tat which then really escalates the drama drama isn't always just in the family it's it's you i I think it's most apparent for a lot of people in the workplace because you always have you always have someone in the workplace who is who is the who seems to be the center of attention or wants to cause drama because that is um you know the way they have excitement in their lives it's it's okay to need to find some excitement but you don't want to drag everyone else into your problems and i think a lot of time drama in the workplace comes from misunderstanding people's intentions um because most of the time they're good but things in the office uh can foster drama uh, pretty easily because people can get jealous of other people's success. They can see relationships forming that, you know, you know, if someone is getting along with the boss well and another person isn't getting along with the boss well, then there's there's some friction. And friction, if not handled properly, can lead to drama. And drama will just lead to devastation in the workplace because no one will be able to work uh, effectively and people won't enjoy being around the the environment and the the best people the best employees will leave your best coworkers will leave because they can find something better and you know they have options to them that don't involve as much drama people who have the opportunity to move around will seek that out those who are behind who deal with the drama just foster an even worse environment because of it and i think it's important though to understand there's a difference between drama and kind of complaining and (laughs) venting privately i I complain all the time and I vent all the time. I have a few people that I vent to. Poor Harlan is one of them. <laughs> and and it's what I do. Harlan and a couple other people are just like, oh, God, it's Miranda again. But no. um, <laughs> <laughs> but there are some people that, you know, complaining and venting to is okay. But you do need to be careful. And if you're the one being vented to, you need to understand that, complaining about it or publicly embarrassing somebody else, even if you don't use their name, but it's obvious who you're talking about, you need to be careful about because that brings drama as well. And then when you are complaining and venting, 
be careful who you're complaining and venting to. Maybe your work buddy is not the person to complain to about your boss. It's okay to want to complain and vent about a situation and not necessarily need an answer from everybody, from the person you're complaining to. You know, if someone's complaining to you, try to determine whether they're looking for you to help or they're just looking to let off some steam. Um, That way you can be you know, the right support for that person. And that helps reduce drama as well. But certainly don't go and take that that information that was given to you and spread it around to other people. You know, if something is told to you in confidence, you should try to keep that trust as much as possible as long as that person's not in any kind of danger or any kind of trouble that a professional needs to be aware of. Um, It's tough to navigate that sometimes, but, you know, in the interest of maintaining a drama-free relationship, know what the expectations of privacy are going into it. The other thing to watch out for when you're talking about drama is, is what happens when you start getting petty. We've talked about this before. I think to small degree but what does it mean to be petty because that's kind of the start of drama in a lot of cases is just sort of these petty disagreements these petty uh, desires to win or, or get ahead so so we need to watch out for that as well the issues that important that are important to you might not be important to someone else and vice versa it's important to recognize we might think that someone is making a mountain out of a molehill But for this person, it really is a mountain, whether it should be or whether you feel it should be or not. So being aware of that type of difference can also help to reduce drama because you you don't want to be the person who's always making a big fuss out of small events. But then if it's someone, if it's your friend or your coworker who's doing this or a family member, you want to understand why they feel these issues are so important and respect that and find a way, if, if you're in a position to address it, find a way to address it. Yeah. One of the things I, I read recently was a guy who wrote this big thing about how he ended up divorced because he left his his dishes near the sink. But really, when you read the post and you really got down to it, you're like, dishes near the sink, that seems like a really petty, silly thing to get divorced over. But when you read down through it, uh, you realize that it wasn't really about the dishes by the sink that was the big deal. It was just um, so much a, a pattern of disrespect and you know, not understanding why certain things were important to his partner. And it was more it was more than just that one thing so kind of along with what you're talking about yeah there are some things you don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill but at the same time uh, getting behind that and, and trying to understand why is this so important to somebody else that empathy or at the very least sympathy for somebody else can really help you kind of understand what's going on and move beyond that drama sure and and often in our relationships at you know, whether at work, at home, in life, we're always trying to keep score, you know, in terms of who's who's winning the relationship or who's doing a better job or who loves the other person more or who's contributing more to the project at the office. A lot of drama is caused by this competitive nature that we have. With my friends, it's often like the wittiest. Who's going to be the wittiest? And someone will post a witty comment on social media and someone else will chime in and try to be wittier. And then it just keeps on going. 
Um, <laughs> it happens in person too, not just on social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, is when does something turn from friendly competition into just drama meltdown? <laughs> and there's that fine line you have to try and find and, and, try and avoid turning it into a a dramatic situation, something that was kind of fun and light. And now it's all of a sudden not anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's more serious in romantic relationships too. If you're trying to one up the other constantly in terms of who's more committed to the relationship, who's, who's trying to keep things alive, who's doing all the work, who's, you know, who's loving the other person more. And it's helpful to remember that everyone approaches a relationship in a slightly different way and people express the way they feel differently. And, um, And certainly, you know, that's that can be a source of drama when there's a little misunderstanding there. And then when you go out and kind of take that personal issue and make it public, whether you're just telling your friends about it or complaining to your friends or writing about it on social media, using names or not using names, being coy about it or not being coy. That's just a whole other level of drama that that you bring into a relationship when you do that. Yeah. When we were going through the divorce, we had a a dual uh, injunction against us, a dual restraining order that basically said we were not allowed to talk about each other on social media. Wow. During, I mean, we wouldn't have uh, anyway. My ex doesn't even have a Facebook account, and uh, I try not to say mean things about him publicly. So, which is not hard because he's not a bad guy. I want to make that clear. <laughs> I like my ex; we're still friends. But um, so you're saying legally, you have to make that clear. But yeah, <laughs> but but it was just kind of interesting that during the process, we had both we'd been we'd been issued a joint restraining order, and I thought that was interesting because. In a situation like that, it is very tempting to start trying to one up the other person or try and get people to start taking sides mm-hmm. and and do so publicly. And I just thought it was interesting that they're saying, hey, you know, social media can be a very big source of drama during a divorce. And here's your your restraining order during these proceedings until it's final. You can't talk about each other on social media. So we talked a little bit about why we want to avoid drama. I mean, it's just damaging to relationships, all types of relationships overall. I mean, that's a great reason to just avoid it. You know, I think uh, it's important to maintain high social standards for ourselves. Um, you know, we it, it's good to be the person who doesn't, um, you know, get dragged down into the sandbox or the, the mud pit uh, with with everyone else. I think I think being able to at least try to stand above all of that kind of mess is is a good way to approach life. Uh, you know, you might disagree with me. I think there's a lot of different approaches that will work for different people. Uh, but I know for me as an adult, I think for me, one of the big parts of being an adult is putting aside all of this stupid, petty stuff that people are constantly dealing with. And if you can't you know, you can try to solve things for people if they want them to be solved. Uh, but if not, then it's something that it's worth rising above. Right. We're supposed to be out of high school, right? It's supposed to. And, and sometimes I look around at what my son is dealing with in in middle school. And, and then I look at what other people are dealing, like doing on social media or in the workplace. And I'm sitting here going, come on, people. 
<laughs> Aren't we adults? <laughs> right? Yeah, we shouldn't be acting like we're in middle school. But I mean, you know, there's there's definitely different societal expectations for adult behavior. And it's, it's important to recognize that, you know, once in a while and, and not just say everyone needs to act the way we think they need to act. Um, you know, it's all about the environment and what the expectations are for that environment. In the environment that I live in and Miranda lives in and a lot of people live in, and, that, and that's an environment where people are trying to be successful with their lives and they want to get ahead and they want to they want to be professional in some ways but they still want to have fun when they're with their friends and they still want to have a good time you know that's it's a good balancing act and but to to maintain that sort of life you know being able to separate yourself from the drama is pretty important i think so how do we do that well i think one of the biggest things is to avoid gossiping. You don't want to just talk about other people. But it's so fun. It's it can it can definitely be fun. A lot of it comes from making assumptions about other people and there are certainly things that we're not aware of in other people's lives and you know, I think it's important to let people live their lives, you know, without too much judgment from their friends and and other relationships. Oh, for sure that's definitely one of the things. I think another great thing that you can do is try and put yourself in other people's shoes. We talked about this in our very first episode about empathy and identifying with other people. A lot of the time, a lot of drama comes from not really stopping to think about, well, what is the other person dealing with right now? How do they feel? And we turn around and make it about us. And so I think one of the best things you can do if you want to reduce some of the drama in your life is take a step back and be compassionate. Yeah, and a part of that, I think, very much related is to not assume that everybody's looking for you to solve their problems. And, uh, you know, if you notice something, there's no reason for you to give out any unsolicited advice. I think, uh, you know, that's just asking for... Uh, asking for trouble. I definitely try to avoid this myself. And I know from a receiving end, I often receive unsolicited advice. And sometimes it can be very helpful. And, you know, depending on the source, and other times, it's really not helpful at all. I've encountered this, you know, kind of being in a new role as a uh, director of a drum and bugle corps um, over the past couple of months. This is something that's fairly new to me. So um, I seek out advice when it's needed, um, but I also am pretty uh, confident in the way I approach things. And uh, there are certainly people who are are more than happy to tell me what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing, regardless of of whether I'm you know actively seeking out uh, advice. And you know, a lot of advice can be helpful, whether it's uh, solicited or not. But you know, I think the better approach to you know avoid any drama is to start a conversation first. If you want to give someone advice, if you see something going on, you feel you can help in some way, start a conversation, let it lead into that without being, you know, without without overtly going ahead and telling someone what they should be doing as if there's only one potential solution to a problem and you happen to have that solution. Yeah, and I think that's something to keep in mind. And, and don't the other thing, too, is while you're avoiding giving unsolicited advice, don't betray the trust of your friends who tell you things. There are some, there are some days where 
when my filter's down and everything else, or some days I just really feel like just telling everybody everything I know about everyone else. And I really shouldn't. And I try not to because you don't want to betray the trust of your friends. You don't want to be that person who cannot be trusted with emotionally sensitive information. Yeah. And it's, this can be really hard because sometimes people will come to you and they'll be looking for information about other people. And if this is someone that you want to build a relationship with, you're going to be inclined to, you know, help them and want to win their favor by, you know, if you hold this information that they want and you want to build a relationship with this person, it's very tempting to go ahead and, you know, be open and show them that, you know, you're putting this this immediate communication ahead priority wise um, in front of, you know, this information that you had that, that you've been trusted with. So it's it's very tempting to want to gossip and want to talk about other people and share information that you have to build a relationship um, because that relationship that you're hurting when you do this may not be in view at that moment. Uh, so figure out how you want to uh, avoid uh, betraying that trust. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things I, I miss the most about having uh, somebody in my life who is totally unconnected with anything that I do is uh, just the information dump, right? I used to be able to come my come back and like my ex and I would sit down and he would just information dump about everything, everybody he worked with, everything he was going on, because these were people I didn't know, didn't care about. And I wasn't going to tell anybody about it. And I could just information dump on him. I'm like, oh my gosh. And having that outlet is, is really helpful. So I I'm looking for a new outlet. <laughs> it's helpful to have someone, you know, to, to have different groups of people who know each other differently and or not at all or not at all keep it separate right the worlds keep the world separate right there's the whole um seinfeld thing right. uh, worlds colliding um, that's right so uh yeah it's it's good to keep your business relationships separate from your personal relationships and that you know that's really hard for me because you know i <laughs> i look at everybody like they're a potential friend. Um, and, you know, maybe that's just because I grew up in such a way that, you know, I was, you know, I, I moved from one place to another when I was younger and it was difficult for me to make friends at first, although I, I certainly did make some really great ones that have lasted a lifetime. But finding that it, it just wasn't an easy transition for me. And I've always approached life as if, you know, even people I meet who I, who I work with are potential friends. And, you know, maybe that that can get you into trouble sometimes. And, you know, um, it's it's good to at least have different groups of people that you can, you know, if, if, you, if you need to vent about your work, you can vent to someone who's not involved with your work. If you need to vent about your personal life for whatever reason, you know, you can vent vent to someone who who doesn't have that kind of personal connection. It's called a therapist. Right. I guess a therapist would be the proper way to handle that. <laughs> and really one of my goals right now is I I need a social life. I need a social circle that is not connected with my work. I, I just do. And I'm, I'm working on that. And uh, as, as much as I love all the people that I'm connected with online and that I do things with online and everything else... Uh, I can't have that be my entire social life, which has been sad and been the case the last seven years. So, 
<laughs> I, I'm working on expanding that a little bit just, just for the sake of being able to uh, realize that, you know, sometimes you can't depend on just one set of people all the time. We have to remember sometimes that uh, this is, you know, a luxury and not everybody has right now the the support in multiple places. Um, you know, there's the kind of support you get from your coworkers and your colleagues. There's a the kind of support you get from your family. Not everybody has support in all these different corners of their world for them to uh, for them to reach out to at the appropriate time. Um, so that's one reason that, you know, it's important to go out and, and, and fill in those corners and, and find those relationships and build those relationships so that you feel comfortable going out in, in every situation and, and having someone to confide in. Yeah, definitely. So what are some things that you can do now to start getting rid of that drama in your life? Well, I think one of the first things we always do is we look inward first. Um, is there is there anything that, you know, are, are you the one who is causing some drama sometimes? Is it your fault? And sometimes it's kind of hard to see that. So it, this might involve, you know, talking to people, even people that you have a strained relationship with uh, because, you know, they might be the ones who are the most honest and will tell you, uh, actually, yes, <laughs> you do this and, you know, it creates a problem in this relationship. So, so be, so be ready and willing to analyze yourself and figure out if there's any certain behaviors or attitudes that you need to change in order to have a smoother relationship with, with people who are important. And when you go, when you're going out there and asking somebody if you are causing drama in their lives, uh, be prepared to have the answer be yes and not react to that. So before you run out and ask, I think for that, you should be prepared. Um, and then the other thing too is practice. We've talked in the past about calming and relaxing. Uh, before you react to something, take a deep breath and maybe count to 10. It sounds really simple and basic and stuff that you hear all the time. But that can help reduce the drama in your life if you aren't reacting so quickly to everything. So practice that. That's a great point. I think, um, you know, I've, I've seen this very often in relationships that I deal with uh, professionally and personally. It's it's easy to, to get defensive and I get defensive often um, when, you know, I forget to look at myself sometimes when someone says something that might be true and I need to evaluate. Uh, my approach. You've got to just give it some time. And whether it's 10 seconds, if you're in a conversation with someone, just say, you know, hold up a finger and say, hold on a second and, you know, breathe. <sighs> take a take a deep breath and count to 10. A lot of the times we're not having these conversations in person. Um, it may be um, a text. And at which point, Stop the texting, pick up the phone and call instead, and you can hear hear someone's voice and get, get a better sense of their tone. Uh, a lot of times it's a lot, you have much safer conversations over the phone when you're speaking than you do over text. You know, if it's an email, this has really helped out for me quite a bit. Just let it sit for a while. I, don't, I won't, if there's a confrontational type of thing that I need to deal with, and I've had many of these um, business and personal over my adult life, I have always done so much better and the situation was always much better handled when 
I just put it away and I say, I'm going to respond to this tomorrow after I've had some sleep. People don't think straight late at night, too. So a lot of the drama just comes from our barriers are left down a little bit when we're tired and we're ready to get on the defensive and say things that might be hurtful at night when during the day when we have when we've had more rest, when we're more alert, our our filters are more appropriately um, aligned during the day. So wait until the day. Do not do do not take any kind of important emails um late at night yeah and uh, don't facebook angry (laughs) and and anytime anytime you see something on facebook that makes you go i have to respond to that that is your clue that no you don't and and just don't right yeah it takes a lot of self-control to not respond if someone's if someone's baiting you into an argument on we see this on facebook so much especially with politics and the elections coming up i mean everybody's just baiting each other and and posting stuff to be you know controversial and to get a rise out of people or to just show their support in a way that you know that there happens to be biased people are are looking to create drama they're they're looking to 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 do this and just don't don't play the game don't play the game right and if it's something you see on somebody else's wall and you're like oh, i have to set them straight no you don't just just no you don't right it's, it's very unlikely you're going to change anyone's mind if it's some kind of ideological step away from facebook we have a listener question Okay, and this is from a listener who says, I've got two friends who are fighting. How do I make a choice between friends? Ooh, <sighs> that is a terrible situation to be in. You never want to make, you, know, you never want to have to choose. If someone's forcing you to choose, you know, it's either me or the, the other person, you know, which one of us do you want out of your life? I don't know. What do you do? Uh, well, if somebody's actually saying you have to choose, then go with the person who's not making you choose, right? <laughs> Solomon to the rescue. But uh, your first thing is if they're fighting and they're not necessarily making you choose, but they both want to feel your friendship, really I, the, the best thing you can do is just let them know that you love them both and encourage them to work things out and just try and be that safe place. Uh, if somebody And if one of them vents to you about the other person, don't tell the other person about it, I guess. <laughs> just Just try and you know, say, Hey, you know, I like you both and you guys need to work this out. Yeah. It's, it's definitely difficult to be in the middle of something, you know, especially if it's family members who all love you and, you know, they want you to be their rock and be on their side. And it's, it's just, it's a difficult thing to manage. And people who are great at negotiating relationships uh, tend to be good at this. But if you're not used to that, if you're not used to that, it can be hard to figure out exactly, you know, the right things to say that are going to satisfy everybody. And a lot of times you can't satisfy everybody. And that's something that I've certainly learned. You can't make everybody happy all of the time. And sometimes you just have to do the best you can. And if you can't say that it's something that you have to stay out of. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if somebody's trying to force you into choosing, then that's already a relationship that you need to be wary of. 
Well, thank you for joining us today for adulting. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Be sure to check out our site. We've got a great new video series. We've got videos on YouTube. We've got videos on Facebook. So check out everything that we're putting together. We're doing quite a lot of stuff. So visit adulting.tv. Leave us a review on iTunes. Ask us a question. Just go to adulting.tv slash ask and uh, you'll have your question answered just like uh, many others who have done so. So join us next week for another episode of Adulting. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.